Touchin School District is proud to present Coffee Talk, a conversation on social emotional learning at home. Fill up your favorite mug and grab a chair. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Coffee Talk. Recently, we had a conversation about anxiety, and we had a lot of wonderful feedback from parents and everyone just discussing about some of the strategies that you learned and some of the things that you were excited to implement at home. We wanted to build on that last episode a little bit, and today our topic is actually going to be about math anxiety. And here today with me is Mr. Joe Fitzgibbon, the GNT teacher here and technology teacher as well at times here at Campbell School, and Dr. Sandy Varensky. Uh, both of them work very closely with students in many different levels, all the way up to the high school in mathematics, and they're very helpful in terms of giving us some good perspective on what math, what math anxiety is, and what are some wonderful approaches that we can take at home and in the school building to maybe help alleviate some of that pressure on some of our students now? So I'm glad you brought up math anxiety, Scott, because it is a really important topic. And although math anxiety may show itself similar to general school anxiety in that there's an affective component, let's say, being visibly upset. With math anxiety, there's also a cognitive component, preventing a student from reaching his or her academic potential. And um, research suggests that when a person feels anxious, those feelings crowd the working memory in the brain and prevent a person from pulling out important math information needed to complete a task. So that's the way that works. And the importance of working memory to process math may not always be obvious, since unlike language, a few symbols may represent a complex problem-solving task. I'm just thinking about the division symbol, how we use it, may differ depending upon if we're dividing decimals, fractions, or even where it appears in a problem. So it's definitely a little bit more contextual than we talked about almost with our more general anxiety that we talked about last time. You're kind of seeing that it is a little bit more just specific to certain components of math as well you're talking about too. Yes, and it doesn't have to be complex problem solving. I was reading up on some research and in one study in particular, highly anxious elementary school students who anticipated failure and showed poor and showed poor math, math achievement just from being, set, being shown a set of visual cues like just digits, which I thought was really interesting. So that's not complex at all. But because those students anticipated failure, they weren't able to complete the task. So on that note, believing, having your child believe that he or she will achieve in math really makes a difference in terms of reaching academic potential. So building confidence and background knowledge is key. And the really cool thing is that it's easy to infuse into everyday routines. So I could give you an example if you'd like. Yeah, absolutely. I think one thing that we're kind of picking up on a little bit is you're almost connecting math anxiety more to just general confidence in math too. I think anxiety, when a lot of people think of that, 
they think of what we had talked about last time in the last episode about certain frustrations and kind of built up inside from many different things coming together. But in this case, it almost seems like math anxiety. Anxiety might not always be the perfect word used to describe what this is actually stemming from. I think from what you're saying a lot that we can start to identify is we can see a lot of more confidence issues with a lot of things that you're talking about, like a child already going into something thinking they're going to fail is something that I think we should really focus on. And I'm really glad that you're bringing up some strategies we can use to help students get past that. Because I think general anxiety, you're kind of working with kids to teach them lots of skills and strategies that they can use to get past that in any situation. But in math, if they're learning a little bit more confidence in how to approach these problems, you're going to see a lot of success going forward. Yes, exactly. So what you want to do, that's perfect. What you (laughs) want to do is you want to build confidence and also build background knowledge so that when students come across a new task, they have some background having to do with that task. So I will give you an example. And then, Joe, if you want to jump in. So what I was thinking about is fractions, fractions, Um, fractions and cooking, perfect together. Um, (laughs) Really, really great. A great hands-on way of having fun and learning a new skill that typically typically, um, makes students feel a little anxious about math. And so, for example, you could do something as simple as make trail mix with your with your child and then have them figure out double portions, triple portions, half portions, and use different measuring cups. So that is one way of infusing fractions into everyday life. And this way, when it cut, when the student comes across that in school, they already have some background knowledge about that. Yeah. I love that idea. Mm. I mean, Joe, you can speak to this as well, obviously working a lot with fourth grade students that Fractions are one of those things going into third grade and extending into fourth grade is kind of considered to be this one of the scariest topics in math. It's something yeah. that I know a lot of students I have come in kind of have those ideas, Sandy, we were talking about earlier, that kind of fear of failure before even starting. But absolutely, I think if you work in cooking, I love that idea. Using a half cup of something, use a full cup of something. Oh, this recipe calls for one whole cup of flour, but can I do three thirds cup of flour instead? How many half cups would it take? And that'd be a really fun, friendly way to alleviate some of maybe that stress or frustration before even getting started with it. Yes. And I think what you both, what both of you guys are kind of keying in on there also is like using manipulatives and making it and making it a visual experience. And if you can uh, see your child's learning, if you can, if you know what your child's learning style is, if you know they're a visual learner, obviously in particular, th- those are um, fantastic ways to do it. I mean, I, I clearly remember um in element in when i was in elementary school i mean i did not like math in elementary school and i remember fractions as being again i clearly remember fractions as being terrifying and i remember looking at a half and a quarter and i remember i could not for the life of me four is bigger than two so a quarter must be bigger than a half there's just no way the fact that the four was under the line was irrelevant to me but um, and I remember again. I've told Sandy this example too. I remember my grandmother sitting down with me with a na- it was just an apple and slicing the apple in half and like it's a half. Those the two big pieces and I'm gonna get another apple sliced into four into a quart into quarters and I'm like and I still remember that picture in my head like duh, oh, duh. <laughs> okay I got, yeah the more pieces you make the smaller the pieces are gonna be I I, I got it 
but I, if you can use those clear, clear examples, um, you know, it, it really, it, it, yeah, you have to make sense of it. I mean, it just, it, 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 and you have to try to understand, I think, what, where, where the, the issue is. I mean, for me, it was like this, four, like two and four, my four is bigger. If it's under a line, <laughs> oh man, what do I, what do I care? <laughs> yeah, you're taught one thing and it's like, okay, throw it out the window and that rule doesn't exist anymore. In this case, that, yeah, rate, yeah, that rule exactly. does not apply. Whoa, okay. Yeah, and that's the hard part is that math is built off of itself, but sometimes the rules change. And I think that sometimes like just as a teacher, now I see that that's where I see a lot of my students get tripped up. That, okay, I had this idea that this works like this, like four is bigger than two. And I know that I learned it since kindergarten. I Probably my parents taught me at home that four is bigger than two. And then suddenly they're like, no, 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 now it's smaller. <laughs> yeah, in that, in that, yes, 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 yes. And that definitely uh, throws you. Yes. But certainly threw me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, <laughs> but even something as simple as you just said, cutting that apple in front of you so you can see it made a huge difference. I think one thing that I've noticed with math is when compared to other subjects, like for reading, your example, or science, even, there's so many visuals, there's so many connections that you can make with the topic, like especially in reading. I can visualize what's happening to a character because maybe that's happened to me before. I know what it feels like to get stuck in the rain because I've been stuck in the rain before. Mm. But with math, sometimes you don't always have those moments to reflect back on to bring with you when you're challenging something new. Yes. From what you two are saying, creating those opportunities at home is an excellent first step to alleviate some of that like throwing, like what happened with Joe, like kind of when you get thrown off by that first new introduction, having that thing you can reflect on at home helps adjust or bounce back even faster from that. Right. And it's going beyond the worksheet. It's going beyond the typical manipulatives that we use in school, blocks and number lines. We're using everyday manipulatives like cooking, trail mix, apples, whatever, to, to gain, to gain a perspective about math and also to make it fun because it's a really fun subject. So um, another idea um, for your viewers, listeners, is go with your child to the grocery store and you can have them estimate um, how much the groceries are going to cost or round a certain item, um, running totals, not a huge Obviously, not a huge list of groceries. Yeah, maybe a smaller list to start, and then um, also you can talk about change and money and all of that. So estimation is estimation and rounding are also challenging topics, typically for elementary school students, and so infusing that into a grocery store trip and making it a lot of fun is one way of building knowledge and confidence in math. Yeah, and I think it's great for later on too. I mean, as somebody, when you kind of get older and you go on that shopping trip the first time in your own, you're not only building confidence in math, but also for that time you're going by yourself for the first time, you're like, oh, I kind of remember doing this before. So you're not totally thrown <laughs> off by that either. Yeah. Yeah, and even just that drive to the grocery store or driving to school in the morning is another great one for exactly how far is it between the house? I mean, the the, the house and the school. What would if you were estimating the distance? What would that look like if you were rounding the distance? What would that look like? Um, also, like simple things you can do just in the in the car. Yeah. What about games? For games? Yeah. What about games? For games? Like oh, sure. For let's say 
I could think for young children, let's say you're going to play jump rope or hopscotch, hopscotch you yeah. can put numbers in where you can reinforce skip counting, for example, okay? Or you can reinforce multiplication facts or adding up. So all of those games, or even throwing a ball back and forth, it's baseball season right now, right? Little league season. So if you're practicing with your child and you're throwing a ball back and forth, throw it back and forth and maybe say your multiplication facts or skip count or count to a certain number. If you count to a certain number, you may, for very young children, let's say kindergarten, first grade, and you're practicing counting, you may want to start with one. And then another skill, uh, standard skill, is to pick up at any number and count. So you might, for example, pick up at five or 10 or 15 or 17 and start counting and throwing a ball back and forth. Um, that's another example of having fun and also infusing some math. Yeah. I do have to, I don't know if you did this on purpose or not, but all the games that you mentioned when you talked about skip counting actually involved actual skipping because <laughs> you're talking about jumping <laughs> rope and hot spot. I was like, look, that's going to be great because your child's physically skipping as they're skip counting so they can imagine the jumping across the number line. I don't know if that was intentional or just maybe you've been doing this long enough that it's working out great, but that was, I have to say, that was really good, Sandy. <laughs> And I mean, online, we are, I mean, Sandy's a big fan of them too. The Ken Ken is the name of the website. There are like puzzles and other great, I mean, any kind of puzzles that, I mean, in crosswords and themselves are good just for logical thinking, but uh, coding is great. It, um, any kind of even basic computer coding, great for logical thinking, um, seeing something in a sequence, uh, understanding how important it is to do something line by line. Um, show, uh, and Ken, as I say, the Ken Ken's puzzles are on various levels, and it's it's they are free. The, the it's a free website, so that is also a great one. I also like a lot of the not just the computer coding, but um, coding like old old fashioned codes, um, cryptology. Mm -hmm. Again, trying to find sequences, trying to see patterns, all, all those are are extremely helpful. Yeah, and we'll take all these. We'll do a list, and we're actually going to put them on our website as well just so everyone knows. So you can go on to our tiny URL. You can go find it. The SACB website is going to have a list of all these games and puzzles that we're talking about now. Perfect. I think whatever you do, you want to make it fun. You want to send the message that math and math is a great subject and it's mm -hmm. a lot of fun and it's in everything we do. And to infuse it into your everyday routine helps, um, helps build the conversation a positive conversation about math. And it also helps your, your own child build confidence and feel great and less anxious yeah. about, about approaching a math task in school. I love that you said making it fun. I mean, I feel like that's one of those things that, as we were talking about before, when it comes to reading, sometimes when you're done at the end of the day to enjoy yourself, you pick up a book. So that's a subject in school that's also done for enjoyment. I feel like sometimes with math, it's regulated to it's a subject in school mm -hmm. you do it it's really important you study it's really important you practice and there is not really any of that time to turn it into something fun that you can use on a regular basis and when you have a child and you tell them over and over and over again this is something super important something that really practices important to school this is important to testing any of that you're going to see an increase in stress 
you're going to see an increase in frustration. You're going to see a lack of confidence. But if you turn it into something fun, something quick that you can grab and do, something you can do as a family, something that you see that you're doing it every day, whether you know it or not, I think helps alleviate a lot of that and can help lessen some of this math anxiety that we're talking about as a whole. And I think, I know Joe's going to talk a little bit about this too, the importance of just daily routines. Just getting the chance to sit down and practice it regularly, have certain times to work on a little bit, like Joe was saying before, drive to school every morning. I know we're going to practice a couple of facts. When I get home during dinner, we're going to talk a little bit about cooking. I think those are all really good ways to kind of help alleviate some of that stress and frustration. And as you said too, making it fun. I think the, I mean, one of the reasons I love the, like the puzzles, the cryptography, the computer coding is, you know, it's like Sandy was saying too, math is in everything. And sometimes, and I like it in geometry too. Sometimes it is more than just numbers. It is, it's a, it's a way of thinking. It's, as you say, that you can get into a routine of, it's a, it's a logical thought process. It's a, it's a, it's a mode of problem solving. It has so, it has so many applications and it, Again, when I do geometry, I like to say I, the ancient Greeks, when they were doing it, they looked at they looked at ge- the, the geometry first and the shapes. The numbers that came later were just, oh, there's some numbers attached to this. But it was not about numbers initially. It was about um, you know shapes and forms and how those shapes work together and how we can divide the shape and how we can split things up and connect them together. But they again, they were doing great math, but numbers were not a huge part of it. Yeah, you can still do math without doing math. Yeah. And I think sometimes that's what works best because I've seen some parents that I've seen do it at home with students and the students come into my classroom and like, oh, I've seen this before. I don't know exactly what it is, but I've done this. They come in with a lot more confidence to it too, just like you're saying, Joe, that they might not always know exactly what they're doing, but when they see it again, they feel more confident going into it. They get rid of that feeling that Sandy was talking about at the beginning, that going in thinking you're going to fail. Right. So you want to build self-efficacy. So you want a positive, high self-efficacy that an I can do it type of type of belief when it comes to approaching a math task that is new and different. So, and that's really key. And, um, and the cool thing is that there are all these really fun ways to do it. But that doesn't mean that it's not okay to feel uneasy about a a new topic and i think sometimes people take it too far the other way yeah um i'd also say it's okay to be challenged too so it is it's okay for it to be a challenge i mean an appropriate challenge but it it can't all i mean again a a little challenge is good oh on that note um joe and i have you have a poster saying that has that has something to do with that that was that i absolutely love it's great yeah, I got this some some years back that I used to when, when that I used to put up, but it's about making mistakes. Because I think one of the other things that I I would also say to my guys is like, yeah, you, it's okay to make mistakes. I mean, as long as you're trying. I mean, I don't mind if you get the wrong answer, but I, but I do want to see it line by line, and I want to try and figure out where where you went wrong so I can help you. But um, making mistakes is fine, and getting your work checked to be feel confident is also fine. And I said, even Einstein knew he used to give his work to his wife and she would check his, you know, check, check his math. <laughs> That's and, right. You know, and I uh, said, like, can you imagine you would think Einstein is, is smart, but imagine you're, you're the girl who he's given his math, his, his, his calculations to you're, you're telling Einstein it's okay. So, um, <laughs> you know, 
again, so it's, is it okay to get a little help? Is it, is it okay for it to be a challenge? Is it okay to get a little help? Absolutely. Is it okay to make, make mistakes? Of course. And to have someone obviously in the background there who's supporting you. Absolutely. Even though Einstein's going to get all the glory. Uh, <laughs> but um, I, I, this is what, uh, what my, uh, would, um, we were talking about when we're thinking of uh, making mistakes. So it was, um, you know, make mistakes because if you are making mistakes, then you are making new things, trying new things, learning, living, pushing yourself, changing yourself, changing your world. You're doing things you've never done before. And more importantly, you're doing something. Make new mistakes, make glorious mistakes, amazing mistakes, make mistakes that no one's ever made before. Don't freeze. Don't stop. Don't worry that it isn't good enough. I, uh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of sums it up. Yeah. Yeah. I think the one thing that you need to remember, if you're not being challenged, you're not learning. Just like the poster said, like yeah. if you're everything's coming easy to you right now, you're not learning something new. And when I feel challenged or I make a mistake of something, you know what? That kind of tells me that, OK, I am learning something new. It's, I think sometimes we have that as Joe's kind of helping out here now, alleviating that mistake as a negative, looking at it as a positive every time you can easily right. turn that around. Yeah, And that ties into the self-efficacy that ties into the confidence that you can build by saying, you know what, I made a mistake on this because I'm learning something brand new. And that means that I actually am learning because next time I get to it, maybe I don't make that same mistake. And I think some of those little stories help too, actually for the students as well. Like, like say Einstein or any of these other guys that, you know, they, they all made mistakes. I mean, the guys who came up with the metric system made a huge mistake. They got the right, it was wrong, but we all still use it. You know I mean? There's a lot of little things that are there, like that you can, you know, once you're into it and you, there's little stories you can add that people are like, okay, well, if they got it wrong, it can't be that bad. You know, it's not all right all the time. It's not all these geniuses sitting around um, and they just, you know, jot down a formula and some, somehow the, the, num, the answer magically appears. It's, and it's often long, long, long years and many, many, many mistakes before they finally, um, you know, get where they're going. And it's okay to feel a little anxious before yeah. a test and everything else. You don't want it. Before a podcast. We talk about <laughs> math anxiety and things you can do. We're really just talking about when you get to the point where it's so overwhelming that you can't really do your best work. Yeah, exactly. So, and that's where that confidence building piece comes in, obviously. Absolutely. And you got to put yourself out there sometimes to do that. And that is probably the hardest thing to do, mm -hmm. yet the most important. I mean, even Joe made the joke that like having you two on here today, mm -hmm. both of you were a little bit nervous in terms of coming onto the podcast today. And you know what? You two came on, pushed through that to try something new and different, <laughs> kind of share this thinking. Exactly. So, like, but. But that's what you have to do. Yeah. And, that's and, you, ha yeah. and you have to put in the work too. I mean, you, you do. Like everything, you have to put on the work. I mean, and again, we associate that for some reason. I don't know why too, especially in elementary school. I think students associate that with, more with sport. It's okay to go out and play a game and lose the game. And it's okay to like, like try to, to you know, uh, practice your penalty kicks or whatever for you know, 90, 90 times, 100 times. But it's, it's not okay to try and solve a problem multiple times. I don't just I don't always see them associate those two things together and say, but it's okay, you can try again. Even it's you know, just because it was wrong doesn't mean you can't redo it. And just because it's um difficult doesn't mean you have to step back. I mean, again, it's it's like anything in life. You just give it your best shot. Yeah, and you're not always gonna do great. I mean, even like Sandy brought up the whole baseball reference earlier. Yeah. The best baseball players in history mm. had the very high expectation of hitting the ball a third of the time. 
Yeah. Right. So they're only doing what they need to do one third of the time that they're up there. And that's like the best level of players that you can find. But that same mindset doesn't always adapt itself to math. And we don't always kind of encourage that same mindset yeah. with just general subjects in school. And I think if we can kind of do that a little bit more, like Joe mm. was saying, Sandy's saying to bring that confidence in there, especially that confidence to make a mistake. Yeah. And there's that classic example where it's like, you can say, well, I, I'm not very good at math. That That's kind of okay to say. Whereas like, I'm not very good at reading is kind of not okay yeah. to say. <laughs> yeah. You're going to get different looks. Yeah. Be... What you say in that situation, you're right. If someone walks up to you and says, oh, I was just never good at math. Fine. I'm going to shrug it off and laugh it off. But if you say, oh, I can't really read. Someone would have an entirely different reaction to you saying that. Right. Yeah. I mean, different levels, obviously. And if, but I'm. Um... Yeah, I just think Matt, yeah, Matt gets a gets a bad deal. <laughs> it does, but you know what? I think after this conversation today, having you two talk about daily routines, encouraging students on a regular basis, working in some fun games like math puzzles and hopscotch and jump rope, and kind of just making it a more day-to-day, easy, simple thing, alleviating that frustration, mm-hmm. alleviating that negativity towards it, I think it's going to make a huge difference for a lot of people as the years go on, especially. Great. Yeah, slowly building step by step. Great. Well, thank you, Sandy. Thank you, Joe, for joining us today. I really enjoyed this conversation. I hope you all at home enjoyed it as well. And if you haven't finished up your drink, go finish it now. (laughs) 